0: All right, guys, come in, relax, take your shoes off, put your feet up, and get ready to listen to this. Is bodybuilding? It's a bodybuilding podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a journal. It's an entryway into the hearts and the minds and the lives and the souls of the people involved in the world of bodybuilding. My guests this week are Davin Scargetta and Daniel Hedger. Now, both of these guys are former editors of Iron Man magazine. Um, I'm sure many of you have probably read that magazine. We actually received some interesting news um, recently, maybe last week, that uh, Iron Man is apparently publishing its final issue next month. We understand that it is going to be staying online in the, you know, in the foreseeable future, um, but as far as the print magazine goes, it's actually finishing. So I think they've had about 12 years of publications, which is uh, quite, a, you know, quite a good run. Um, but it, yeah, it's very sad to see that magazine coming to its... Its end, um, as far as being available on the shelves. So Davin and, and Daniel and I get into a little bit of depth about the print me- about print media, um, especially the place that bodybuilding fills in the media. Bodybuilding often gets a bad rap, especially in connection to the you know hot button issues around drugs in sport and that sort of stuff. So um, you know we we talk a little bit about that. Daniel and Davin uh, both work now, they both now work for Hook Media, which is a company that focuses on social media and online media. Um, and we talk about you know, the consumer benefits of online media versus print media, and especially in the current climate of self-promotion, what people can do to get themselves out there and really maximize their exposure in what is effectively an already saturated market of you know, InstaFit and Facebook famous people. I actually had someone call me recently and asking, "You know, how do I get a sponsorship?" And the person had actually never competed before. And I just thought, you know, what what sort of, what other areas of life would someone who has never, you know, never really been active in an industry expect a free ride? It's very bizarre. Um, I guess there's people out there who see the people at the top, and um, you know, they're genuinely making money from bodybuilding. And they want to emulate that, and and that's fine. But that's you know that's the 0.1 percent at the very top of bodybuilders who are making money full time. Um, and it's just one of those things that people seem to get sold a dream. It's sort of the smoke and mirrors side of bodybuilding. People think that you know if you're a successful bodybuilder, you're getting uh, the you know the five star treatment everywhere you go. It just doesn't really happen like that. Um, I don't know that you know there's some companies like say Cyborg and and uh, Gen Tech and next generation you know, here in, in Australia, um, and they they offer plenty of great opportunities to um, new competitors and young competitors and up and comers, um, and they really want to work with them. And other large companies, they only want you if you have a big social media following that it's, it's going to benefit them. And I understand that, and that makes sense. But you know, if you if you're looking to get assistance, you have to be realistic about what you can bring to the company, um, your own value as a competitor. If you're gonna ask someone <laughs> to invest in you, then you know, you've gotta be pretty certain that they're going to get a good return on their investment. Otherwise it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, you know, just gotta be gotta be logical, you've got to think about it. Um and okay, so in the podcast we get into all that sort of stuff, into all that kind of depth. Um, uh, especially things around, you know, um what sorts of things are, the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, really, really little little help, helpful hints like that. So it's a it's a good episode. It's a good good conversation. Now this week's episode is brought to you absolutely free on SoundCloud and iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to receive all the latest updates. And remember to head over to Facebook uh, and give us a like at on <laughs> give the, po- the podcast a like. Facebook slash This Is Bodybuilding. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so via Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. Just type in Daniel Lancefield. It's spelled the way it sounds. Uh, no s's in there, um, and yeah, just hit hit me up and uh, we can have a chat.
1: Kill somebody. Well, they yeah. on Sunrise they yeah. were like the Beach Boys story you didn't know, and I am like, well, everyone, everyone, knew knows, everyone he, knows that. Everyone involved with that
2: guy. Everyone just just knew that he killed it, somebody. This,
1: killed this um somebody. the, the drummer from the Beach Boys. Yeah, the drummer.
0: No, there was another one. The Brian he, Wilson.
2: Brian Wilson. The he was Brian, involved with Carl. Charles Manson, wasn't he? It was, it was Dennis, Dennis was, was the
1: one who was like mates with him, oh, or, yeah. or was <clears throat> had brought him into the fold? And mm. yeah, because he, he tried to write a song for them, or he <laughs> wanted them to release his.
0: Well, Charles Manson wanted to of the Beach Yeah, boys so Charles Manson
1: was like a folk singer, and mm-hmm. he wanted to. Um, That's um. I didn't know that. Yeah, that. yeah. It's it's actually. There's, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, there's a, yeah. a there's a podcast called You Must Remember This, and it's about. The history of Hollywood, yeah. and it's uh, there's a whole series on the Manson family wow. and how that that intersected with like the film and entertainment industries. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth looking up that, that whole series because there's an episode about Dennis Wilson and Charles Manson. Wow, yeah. that's insane. Yeah,
0: um, I remember there was a there was a television there was a TV movie years ago about oh yeah the it was- the be- it, was, it was more about the Beach Boys but it had this whole focus on Brian Wilson and the and the Manson family. Mm. <laughs> I always thought that was the most interesting part of that movie because yeah. the actual Beach Boy story was a bit. Oh,
1: those here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how long have you guys been at. Well, Gavin, you've been at Hook Media for so a couple of years? Three years. Three years. And yeah. Daniel, you've just come on board. Yeah, six weeks ago. So, you're both former editors of Iron Man magazine. Right. Um, probably more of a hook. Plugs a hook media, I guess. Mm, <laughs> I guess, yes. but um, how did you get your start in Iron Man magazine? Start with Davin, I guess, because you were there first.
2: Yeah, um, I. So my first job at a uni after studying communications was at a regional newspaper in Shepherd. And so I was there for six months, and um, sort of when I got there. Uh, I thought I was gonna be working for the paper and it turned out I was the paper. So, oh yeah, I burnt out pretty quick, but yeah. yeah um, and a friend of mine at the time showed me the, the ad for Iron Man, and, and I, I, look, I didn't think I was ready, but fortunately got an interview and, and came down. Um, I had a, had a few friends that were in the bodybuilding industry. I had one particular friend, Des, who uh, the night before my interview just educated me on everything I needed. <laughs> To, to to nail that interview and um yeah I was probably on the phone with him for about four hours because <laughs> I, I, I was I had an interest but I, you know you sort of like a lot of people probably coming in in and out of the industry and it's very quickly you very quickly lose touch on who's who's on the top, who's on top and, and what's happening so yeah um that was geez that's going back now probably about ten years so okay. um how long were you at Ironman for I was I was there for oh, maybe two and a half years. Yeah. And then, um, and then, um, uh, sort of came back once for a little bit, for about six months, and then, and then Daniel came on board. So, did you take over from Davin?
1: Or Essentially, you, yeah. Um, were you there at the same time? Was there a, 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 cro- a crossover period, or only when he was training me up, I'm telling me? Okay. It's, it, the count, has how Silvio likes his coffee. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Secret yeah. passwords to Charlie's. Uh,
2: I think, I think and stuff. I think I think Daniel came on just to uh, help me out in inverted commas, and then yeah. I slipped out the back door, and he cool. took over my chair. So yeah, not a not a bad way to do it, I suppose. <laughs> try well, try you know, <laughs> I still had to go through the exit. interview process, yeah, but yeah, um, totally.
1: essentially I was yeah you know, an assist. I was Davin's assistant for one or two issues. I was still mm. I was finishing my grad dip and. Um, so yeah. what did what did you study? So you did communications and. Daniel... So I think we told the company at the time that I had a media degree, but I have, I have a creative writing, I had a, a, a uh, an, arts degree. I have an arts degree in and in criminology. Okay. And anthropology <laughs> so a double major. Hey, so where did
0: so I well, I have an arts degree in archaeology. Where did you do
1: anthropology? Melbourne Uni. Okay. And. Um, and there's not a lot of jobs in anthropology, no. but, and, and, <laughs> but also like not a lot of jobs in criminology as it turned yeah. out. I, I remember my third year, I was towards the end of the semester, I was asking my uh, professors and tutors, like, oh, so what, where do you go from here? What's the, what's the next step in terms of a career? And they're like, oh, well, you can go and do your PhD. And I was like, yeah, but like in the, sure. in the workforce. So they're like, oh, nah, not really anything around. So, <laughs> so anyway, I ended up doing a... It's nice that. A um, graduate diploma in creative writing, which at La Trobe is journalism, has journalism components. So I did that, and towards the end of that year, Davin Mm. called me up and said, How would you like to be (laughs) the (laughs) assistant editor of Lion Man Man magazine? So,
0: bef- I mean, before you guys got into Iron Man magazine, had you had really any involvement with bodybuilding? You, you definitely said no, but
2: no, just I just had some friends that competed, and then yeah. So Des Redislovich was was the guy that I played basketball with, who was yeah. a sales rep for Hawley's, and he okay. competed, and um, I had a few other mates that, that competed. So I mean, I, I trained, but not but not to to be a bodybuilder it was more to, to for my other you know sporting ambitions. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of weight training and and. Um, Studied a lot of sort of nutrition based stuff and sports performance based stuff. So I studied psych before I did communications as yeah. well to become a sports psych. That yeah. was my initial career plan. So yeah, I think through bits and pieces, I, I knew enough to convince them to give me the job. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel, you had. And on I'm, well,
1: obviously that. I've come more from the media side of yeah. things. Um, even though I you know did an arts degree, I freelance as a journalist, yeah. you know, writing for Beat Magazine and whatnot throughout um all my time. At uni, and did, 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 were you wearing a beret when you
0: were running for B magazine? <laughs> no, did you have a no? I do. I'd do I'd, mustache and drink lattes down
1: abroad. Oh, Street? I drink lattes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, but uh, yeah, essentially, I've, I came from the media side of things, and then sort of oh, yeah, I fell in hard with the industry and yeah. and sort of threw myself into it. Um, but yeah, b- before that, I didn't have much of a of a background in. In bodybuilding. It's funny how people with without any background
0: get into it, and it's just sort of takes hold. It's yeah. it, it, can, it can be. Yeah. I, know, I know a lot of people who <coughs> had zero um, connection with bodybuilding. They either did their first contest or they did a little bit here and there, and they either go, "Oh yeah, we fell in love with it," or it just totally consumed everything yeah. they did. Yeah, and not to say that yeah, you, know, you guys obviously got lives outside of <laughs> bodybuilding and, and your work, but. Um, even with Hook Media, you're doing a lot of stuff with Hammer Strength and Gen Tech and it's you know quite fitness industry focused, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I, I think well, my experience was that, yeah, people were either, they either would close the door on it or they'd be in 100%. You know, It's not one of those sports that you can just have a semi-passing interest in, I yeah. think. Um, but uh, I guess for me, I, I was really drawn to... Um, just how many things? Just how many sort of, I guess, offshoot things come with bodybuilding? Just even from a just a phys- purely physical and performance base to you know. Um, that, to for for
0: anyone listening, <laughs> that noise, by the way, is uh, a printer. Dad started printing things. Thanks, thanks, Graham. it's right. That's those right. are registration <laughs> forms. <laughs> They're very registrar- important. That's right. For the Victorian
2: Championships. Um, <laughs> but you know, to 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 sit down and edit a bodybuilding magazine. You know, it, there's so much to it. There's so much science. There's so much yeah. nutritional kind of components. There's the training. There's the competitive side. There's the characters. It it, it just it really grabbed like me. How much goes into editing? I mean, you know
0: from from an issue of Iron Man from start to finish. How many? Is it a full month or is it? Uh, do you sort of try and rush everything in the last two weeks? I know. Well, waiting, waiting for content is often you know, right well. the day before. You just sort of. Chuck the words in, and there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much goes into editing
1: editing an issue of a magazine? Well, you do take the whole month. Um, it was probably a bit different when Daven was there, as the digital realm became mm. a bit more prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I don't even think you had a website when you started. We had a page on yeah, the yeah, website. We, yeah, they had a portal website for the whole company. Yeah. which uh, back then had what, ten magazines. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, from where to go of one issue, you'd be working on articles throughout the month, but it's, you're also trying to promote the previous issue on social media when it comes out on the shelves, um, putting content on the website. I mean, essentially the, the, at least in my experience and Davin's experience, probably the the editor is the one-stop shop for... Um, that issue like it, the, you've got all your freelance writers and photographers but you're the one person in the office putting it together um, and it, it is a licensed product so it's um, you have the American um, Iron Man. How, how much content then comes from the American Iron Man? Um, it would vary well and now there's different owners there it varies quite a lot but it would be You'd get a few features out of it, mm-hmm. and then you'd and you'd supplement that with a few Australian features. Um, some of the columns would be American, some of them would be Australian. Um, We'd mm-hmm. use a fair chunk, but it's, and it would depend on the page count of yeah. what your issue is and how much. I think there was an expert. There was probably, I think there were
2: contracts that that said that you had to use a minimum amount of American content, at least when I was there, because I I did challenge myself to try and get as much Aussie content as I can and yeah. I think there was one issue that I had about 70% of it was Australian content and I got oh, okay. I got told off for that see that that's you know it's Australian made, Iron we're Man going, we're got, thing. that's right we've well, got an agreement yeah. we have to have a certain amount of yeah. US content and, and when there were comps and things like you know yeah. during the Olympia periods and the Arnold Classic I mean yeah. that stuff was, was obviously gold because it was comp coverage overseas that we couldn't access I guess uh, in today's world though, how many you know, okay it's
0: a bit different if you're in the magazine it's nice to, to hold on to that but do you find that more people are drawn to online content because it's easy? I mean, it's probably a, a redundant question, really, because most media outlets now are, are moving towards online as the
1: preferred option, um, even if it's only a portion But I mean, the struggle with any uh, print publication, I mean, every, every print publication now has a digital side of it, and or well, they have to, but it sometimes you'll find that the actual... You know the audience is the same. You might still sell the, uh, or not the same, but a similar amount year on year, or a mm. or, or slowly dropping. Mm. But you know the advertisers drop off because they because all they they, the they suddenly don't see the value in it, yeah. and and that can be that can be a real. Uh, a problem for any print publication. That is what has
2: is killing. If it hasn't already <coughs> killed the print industry, is, is the the advertising revenue that's that's come out of it. And you, it, I mean, you, the fact that, that so many publica- printed publications didn't see it coming, yeah. you know, is it's it's sort of mind blowing. You know that that the I mean, there's just so many ways now. To get an audience and to get eyeballs through social media, through websites, through all these different avenues, uh, and you read about some of the mistakes that you know Fairfax and, and we're making. Um, you know, you just sort of think, God,
0: you think, oh, yeah, we won't make that same mistake. We, you know, we know what they did wrong, but yeah, it keeps happening.
2: Yeah, and I think it comes back to like the Fairfax issue was was an interesting one because their their main revenue stream was through classifieds and you know job ads and car sales and all those sorts of things. And, and then, all that's online. And they just didn't see you know I mean how they didn't see that the website was going to be sorry the the internet was going to be a you know, a massive player in, in in job searches and car searches and real estate uh, and you know and they they missed that opportunity and, it, and they've paid a hefty price online then for the bodybuilding
0: industry yeah. and the fitness industry the health industry what do you think's the next big shift do you think print media is going to die out completely because i mean again i know you know if i was on the cover of a magazine or i was in a magazine um, i'd you know usually want to get a copy of it just to have it to hold mm. but if i was going to watch uh, or if i was going to read the article it's obviously a lot easier to read it off my phone than carry around a physical magazine
1: yeah i mean it depends it's there is a generational thing with that where you, you will have people that older people would generally want the print mag mm. they find it much easier to read and it is easier to look at a, a printed page than a glowing thing a screen, yeah. but yeah th- it is a lot easier to carry around a phone or a tablet Yeah. and you know and that and that to um, Iron Man's credit you know that we developed um, you know iPad version um, yeah. web friendly uh, mobile, uh, sorry, uh, a mobile friendly website and app um, and, and actually a, a augmented reality app where you could scan the page and that would give you extra digital content. Mm. Um, so, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I, I, look, I, I just think, I think it's, uh,
2: what it, what sort of content we're talking about as well? Because yeah. you, you you wouldn't you certainly wouldn't use a, a magazine like Iron Man to catch up on your bodybuilding news because no. it, it, well, I mean, and 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 you're seeing it even now with with daily newspapers. Yeah. If something happens today, tomorrow morning's far too late yeah. to be learning about it. You know, so I think that what goes into a magazine and some of the magazines that, that are surviving have have sort of recognised that and they're trying to create sort of. Um, Content that's not going to date, and it's mm. it's it's really well written features and great photography mm. and, and something that, like you said, you're not going to roll up and, and, and jump on the train with, but it's something you might sit at home with and, and have yeah. a read, um, you know, bit of bit of sort of downtime kind of stuff. It's how people are consuming specific kinds of content has changed has changed, I guess, forever. You know, but in between Iron Man and Hook, mm. you were involved with another magazine. I was, yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I can, so um, <laughs> that was, we put out three issues of muscular development, that was um, uh, the, the Max's guys put yep. that out. Um, so were you working for Max's or were you contracted specifically for muscular I was before? contracted to, to edit and, and deliver um, muscular development. So, um, yeah, so the, the Max's guys are, you know, they, they, they're they great at, at trying different things and, and um, Producing stuff that's of genuine value to their to their followers, and they they were putting out um, a magazine called Muscle News, Max's Muscle News, yep. which came out a few times a year, and they thought they wanted to continue to do that because they did see benefit from that, and um, their plan, you know, was um, uh, to maybe try a masthead that was well known with uh, being muscular development, and um, and instead of yeah, putting out branded content, just putting you know product ads yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so what was the was
0: the idea for Muscular Development to go head to head with Iron Man and other Australian magazines, or was it they trying to create something different?
2: Yeah, they it? were trying to create something different. Really, like I just said, you know, they didn't want to yeah compete. They wanted to um, change what they were doing slightly. That I guess they figured doing a print run and producing content, you know, has its own challenges. Why not, you know, put in the same investment, um, but produce something that that has, I guess, a more um, global sort of brand recognition. And um, and they they gave they gave that a crack, and so we we put out three issues over six months. Um, but being on the inside of that though, you yeah. obviously would have an idea of what was going on behind the
0: scenes to, mm. I mean it's not really a, a rise and fall of muscular development in <laughs> Australia but
2: I mean didn't yeah. quite get the <coughs> rise part but
0: why wasn't <coughs> there a fourth issue what what stopped that
2: I think um, from from their perspective um, what made Muscle News so effective was um, I guess the fact that it was a Max's branded product that they could put in, in supplement mm-hmm. stores It was free, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, it was free. Uh, So then to take, to to license a product, there are other sort of challenges around that. Like, you know, um, do we put a price on the cover? Um, How will other supplement stores receive that product? So, you know, as a a supplement store, I might be happy to put out a Max's branded magazine on the cover for people to just take. But will I be equally as willing to put a, an issue of muscular development that has a price on the cover that might have some other ads in there with my competitors. Um, so I think there was probably a bit of reluctance for some of their uh, retailers and things to distribute this material as, as they were willing to distribute some of the <coughs> material. Uh, and I think, you know, we just ran into issues that all print publicly publishers are sort of running into, and um, yes. and, and that's distribu- distribution, you know, I mean, a magazine's only worth something if it's in people's hands and people are reading it, and yeah. I think, look, I th- personally think there was an opportunity to, to put out a digital version and, and, and really sort of try and keep it going, but, you know, um, I guess for for the Maxes guys, they, they had something previously yeah. that was working really well for them, and... Their, you know they gave something a try and, and full credit to them and I, I loved being a part of it it was you know even though it was short-lived it was it was great to get back into the the print magazine game but understand their decisions for doing that yeah. um, so speaking of print magazines then
0: what does it take to get on the cover and that's one of those things i <coughs> I asked uh, dad when I interviewed him um, yeah have you ever been on the cover of a magazine I think there was one that maybe Rocco Pedesano put out many years ago and um, maybe even, uh, yes, some old magazines from the, the 70s and the 80s, he might have. I don't know, Dad, were you ever on the cover? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> he's saying yes. Um, I remember, I think, speaking to you, Daniel, and Charlie Suriano and just saying, what, what, you know, what does it take to get on the cover? And I remember Charlie mentioning that It wasn't necessarily the person themselves. It was having the good photo, and I think I don't
1: know. Silvio used to veto photos that he
0: didn't like. From
1: well, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to the shot. Things like a recognizable person, or you know, maybe a a relationship with a sponsor or or an advertiser can help. But really, it does, you know, it, it does come down to the shot, and that's to the the publisher has to decide what he thinks the the whether that cover will sell so, so is that cover is that cover appealing to people who are walking past in the newsstand is it yeah. or is it appealing to only people who are already in the bodybuilding industry you want do you want to appeal to your mainstream audience who might not know who yeah you know Jeremy Buendia is but he looks good on the cover cuz yeah. he has that sort of Uh, Mm -hmm. "Quote unquote attainable physique," or do you want to put um, someone like Kai Green on the cover, who people pick it up if they if they're They're into bodybuilding, but they might. I guess even if they're not, you see Kai Green on the cover of a magazine, you go, "Good God!" You you might pick it it up, but you won't buy it, yeah, unless you're into bodybuilding. Yeah. So I think that was that was always the thread, Mm -hmm. the tightrope that we uh, we're, were trying to walk, especially with Iron Man, where it's. It's not a a fanzine in the same way that you know sort of Flex is in Mm. the sense that it's IFBB only, not really a training. I mean, there's training in it, but it's it is more of a. Well, that um, that Flex is really the IFBB's main media outlet to public to promote their own athletes. Yeah, so it's and it's and it's interviews with those guys, and it's a, a lot about the contests, and you know, it's not about they do have this stuff but it's not the training the the nutrition the mm. doesn't have stuff for beginners it's yeah. which is what I mean is kind of uh, it's, it's pitched at a different level yeah it, it's pitched to all levels but um it was very we tried to be very inclusive we try to include all the federations that we can the uh, nutrition advice for beginners intermediates advanced people you know that that sort of thing and then and then obviously interviews with Australian athletes and and so on. How many how many times a week would you guys get? Oh,
0: can you put me in the magazine? Can I be on the cover? What do I have to do to get on the cover?
1: Well, like, a lot. and exponential <laughs> growth as <laughs> you uh, as Was you it go just to email after email. And and how mean, do I get in this magazine? Or? if you go to an expo or, or a mm. bodybuilding show, you sort of get those questions. And
2: I mean, there there were there were times where we we had we got people to the studio shoot stage that didn't make it to the cover. I mean, like, you know, just saying, yeah, we'll do a shoot, a cover shoot, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you'll get there. I mean, you know, th- there were people that thought we were ready or, that, you know, that they were in shape and they weren't or they just didn't photograph particularly well or, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. I mean, so, I mean, that's really sort of starting at the base level getting an email from someone saying, hey, put me on the cover yeah. because, you know, even if they were cover worthy there's still you know God I mean two, two three days out from print and we're looking at images going do or don't we and we just pull it and that's that's a pretty hard email to then send to somebody to say
1: sorry but this this has happened so um, yeah I mean so the, you can't really make any promises no uh, you can you can maybe promise that we'll do an article on you if if there's a reason to if you've got a story to tell. Or okay, so there's a good question. So leading into that, uh, we heard Vance
0: has had a Vance Angs had a bit of an an altercation with someone over uh, discussions around put me you know write an article on me. Um, f- what makes someone article worthy? What makes someone newsworthy? Because I mean I, I get that a lot. You know, as a, an administrator, people say oh, you know. How do I get in the magazine? How do I get on the cover of mm. Iron Man or, or another mm. magazine? And it's probably a bit difficult now that the both of you are not there. Um, I don't really have the same connection there as I did previously. But mm. being involved with NABBA, it's it's pretty easy to get that connection back.
1: Um, yeah. Um, well, the question that people need to ask themselves is: Would I read about myself if I wasn't me? You know, is <laughs> well, I, I love
0: the sound of my own voice, so I'm going to listen to my
1: own <laughs> podcast. <You> know, <laughs> but, I, but yeah but
0: that, and, that,
2: and, and I've and I've been from a media perspective I've been on the other side of it where I've been pitching articles and trying to get not not about myself but yeah. trying to get story ideas over the line yeah. um, in the newspaper in newspaper I, yeah. and and inside sport and yeah. men's health and men's fitness and, and, and all kinds of publications and you know getting our stories rejected you start to it's interesting because I was an editor and then after it I was I became a freelance writer for a while and and you sort you sort of start to learn even more about where you should be drawing the line on on what makes a good story and what's sort of print worthy. And you know, I, I mean, a good story is I I ended up doing a story while I was at Iron Man for Inside Sport about bodybuilding. Okay. And um, I mean, I wrote this huge pitch to the editor of Inside Sport about why he should do a story about bodybuilding. Okay, so you were the editor of Iron, Iron Man. Man writing a freelance article about the sport of bodybuilding for Inside Sport right. and. Um, and he, he, wrote, he, he wrote back, because Inside Sports, are, you know, it's very much a football cricket publication. So to get a bodybuilding story was, I guess, a big deal. Um, and he replied to me and he said, yeah, I'm interested in this story. And he said, I'm interested in one line in your 400, 500 word pitch. The one line that got me there was, bodybuilding is the only sport where the athletes are at their most depleted, physically weakest on competition day. Yeah. Go and write it and uh, so it just needed and, and that wasn't even what the story ended up being about Yeah. but I had to put something in there to sell him on the story and it could have been a football story it could have been anything that he was otherwise normally interested in but getting a story over the line with, a, with, a, with an editor it needs some point of difference it needs something fresh about it something new and if it's a, if it's an athlete profile well th- that's probably a bit easier yeah. did you win a show recently you
1: know? yeah that always helps are you a national <laughs>
2: champion you know yeah
0: like, <laughs> So basically, <coughs> what we what we think is then that unless you've actually done something noteworthy yeah. in bodybuilding, don't think that you're going to be published in a, in a bodybuilding magazine
1: full well, of course. fans of yeah. bodybuilding
0: to read. Because it's like, well, if if all you've done is competed and came third at one show, yeah, you're probably not really newsworthy.
2: Unless there's unless, unless you have some
0: incredible story,
2: you know. I mean, I mean there's always
0: those. You know, I know people who've. Survived cancer. They've competed while they've got um, AIDS. They've got Compl- you know, d- yeah, diabetes. You know, Huge things to overcome. People. I know some people have lost you know seventy or eighty kilos just to get on stage, mm. um,
1: and that in, in and of itself is is a tremendous battle to yeah. You know, a- and and that. Jose was uh, when I was at Iron Man, the constant questions about how do I get in the magazine is why I, I actually created a, a, a section in the magazine for people that. Maybe weren't high level, and but wanted to tell their story because they had to over overcome something, yeah. or you know they, they'd lost a lot of weight, or you know. So there's a, there's a to this day there's a section, and I man oh, to this day I've only been out of the company for six weeks, but <laughs> there is a section <laughs> called Week, legacy and yeah <laughs> and called weekend <laughs> warriors, which is yeah. you know one page, six hundred words for basically anyone to submit and tell their story, whether mm. they want to focus on what their training's like. Or where they want to focus on, you know, overcoming a, a huge obstacle like having cancer or yeah. or whatnot. I suppose it's those those stories that you don't really you don't
0: often hear because when we focus on mainstream bodybuilding mm. and, and that uh, it's yeah the the little the little guy. Yeah, well, it shows like, the grassroots it's, level. It's I mean, that that's, yeah, I'm
1: actually quite proud of that. That I did that because it did help out. It did help show uh, people who maybe weren't in the industry but maybe have picked up the magazine that. There's a whole world out there that's not just the top level bodybuilders. What what do you think keeps
0: bodybuilding out of mainstream media? And I guess by mainstream
2: I mean you know TV and uh, newspaper. I think it, I think it's a there's, there's uh, a stigma around muscle, which is quite. Do you think it's muscle or do you think st- steroids? I think and, it's and the, I, and think, the I think I think. I mean, how many people do you know who have never been in a gym and and their doctor have told them you need to go and train, and they'll say to you, oh, "Look, I don't want to get too bulky or too big. Why uh, not?" But I'm gonna. Why the to- hell wouldn't he? th- you? That's what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's I think I think it starts yeah. there. I yeah. think it's it's confronting for somebody like that. Yeah. To see someone who looks fantastic on a bodybuilding stage, and yeah. for them to go, that's. Oh, it, that's it, it is very.
0: But I mean, you know, I I open up Instagram and Facebook. and It's just. Abs after abs after abs. I think, you know, I haven't seen mine in <laughs> ten years. <laughs>
2: Feel a bit pissed off, but um, I think. Yeah. But I think it starts there, and then I yeah. think then you you get to the the Olympias stage, and you see how just enormously massive these guys are, and how just oh, yeah. un- unattainable it is. Yeah. Um, well, unattainable you know. without chemical enhancement. Well, well, it's a, It's, a but it's, but it's attainable it's, if you've got hundred grand a year to spend on. But for a lot of people, it, that's it's still unattainable with that. Yeah. You know, there's so much of, such but a such a genetic yeah, the, component, the, the genetic yeah. potential that you look. Have, look, I, I was, have. you know, it's it's in this country, it's hard enough getting uh, a story in the media about a sport other than bloody football or cricket. You yeah. know, so um, bodybuilding is a long way down the line. I mean, I worked as media manager for Basketball Australia, and it was a, a massive pain in the ass trying to get basketball stories over the line, you know, let alone... I mean, like, basketball
0: was massive in the 90s. I remember um, Dad took us to the Glass House to see the North <laughs> Melbourne Giants. Yeah. And which is now the Centre
2: and yeah. Collingwood Football Club's bloody training facility, which is...
0: But, I mean, yeah. like, you know, that, that sort of had its heyday and then the bubble burst in basketball. Yeah. Um, it's probably... I don't know if Andrew Gaze was still playing after the bubble
2: burst. Yeah, but he played forever. He's still playing. Yeah, um, yeah, but but, but it, uh, it, you know, it had this this stigma of um, it's an American sport, you know, yeah. within within Australian news, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a Yank sport. It's it's not footy. It's not it's not the sports that that traditionally Australia loves, and yeah. so and it was you know, it got too big for itself, and and there was a massive push from. Within kind of you know power brokers within footy and cricket to push it down, and they had and yeah rugby as well. They had a lot of influence over the media, and so basketball really struggled to get to get um, ongoing kind of support from the media. Do you think do
0: you think the media struggles with grasping what bodybuilding is, just generally? Yes. Even you know, take take the take yeah. the drugs in sport yeah. aspect out of it. Um, Bodybuilding doesn't really present itself like any other sport. You're not mm. measuring how fast someone runs, it's not how many goals you've kicked. No, it's not a performance sport. No. Mm. It's it's more like uh, it's more like if you entered an art contest and you had a painting or a sculpture in a contest and the judges had to yeah, that's more from my perspective in line with what bodybuilding is yeah. or, or even
1: um you know, Well you were saying off air Tim- that it was it's more like sports entertainment yeah. in the same way yeah. that, you know, pro wrestling is. But there's also there is Except also we, we don't have great gimmicks. I'd love to have a, a gimmick. Well there's in nothing stopping. Well, you know, you've, got the, you've got the the, the, you've got the angels and, yeah. the, and all that sort of stuff now. <laughs> and the WBFF doing, you know, the feathers. But there is this there is a small subset of bodybuilding fans that want it to be very underground and, and hardcore and you mm. know, they'll they'll denigrate the the smaller classes and they'll yeah. call men's physique, men's bikini and yeah. you know, and this sort of I guess to, to bring it back to bodybuilding I don't know if you ever saw the ECW uh, yeah, yeah. Gym, gym
0: wrestling. And those, the, they were really hardcore fans and they hated the mainstream product yeah even though the mainstream product was a lot more accessible the ECW brand was still um, yeah it was still there it was still that was hardcore wrestling and I think there's, yeah you're right there is a, a contingent of body, bodybuilding fans who want it to be um, balls to the wall juiced up mass monster freaks yeah. and they, they want
1: the freak yeah, they show want they want people dead by 50 the farmer <laughs> freak show yeah
0: well that's and that's 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 the other big concern yeah. that you know you, you've got to worry about promoting something that may end up killing people um, not that bodybuilding kills people but their poor choices mm. as they get older eventually deteriorate their health and the older you get and the worse your decision making becomes um and unfortunately, people think that they can still do to their body at 50 or 60 what they were doing to it at 20 or 30. And it's, it's not the case. And Once you hit 40 or, or above, you, you've got to really rethink mm. even 30. I mean, I'm, I'm nearly 30, and I look at myself now and how my body responds to anything I do versus what I was doing when I was 20, and it's a huge
2: difference. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think that that is, like you said, that is a massive... Um, stigma associated with the sport. I mean, you, you look at what happened to Essendon over yeah. over the the peptide scandal. I mean, it ruined them for two years, and because there was so much outrage over, and people don't understand it. I mean, you listen was to that the a radio. trial by
0: media? Though I mean, bodybuilding. Yeah, if we had a, if 100%. bodybuilding had trial by media, I mean, everyone would be done. I'd, well, <laughs> I'd love to know. Well, I'd love to know what you
2: know, you know the the consensus but, within the bodybuilding community was about that story, because. And 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 it totally was, but you would hear people ringing up who had no idea about anything to do with biochemistry and 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 and, so and peptides st- are not steroids. Yeah. These are people and, and that think that creatine
1: is a steroid. Yeah, that's know. right.
2: And and so any any whiff of of performance enhancement, people yeah. will just lose their minds over it. You know. So I think yeah, I think that uh, that is an element. I look at say Essendon and even um, who was the Tour de France
0: bloke. um, um well, there's, there's Lance Lance Armstrong. Armstrong, yeah. I couldn't remember. Lance Armstrong.
2: Mm. And, you
0: think, all right. and even you know uh, Barry Bonds and all these guys in the 90s playing baseball in the US and yeah. the, the NFL stars over there, they're on so much money mm. and the media mm. is just hounding them constantly mm. and the the public eye is just there and if they don't perform at 110% every single time they're out playing their sport or competing in their, their chosen field... Um, they get ripped to shreds and that, that might be the difference between getting selected for your first team or, or being relegated to the, the reserve or, or the, going back to the, you know, the training squad. Um, uh, is, do you think it's really a, a, a problem with the way the media reports on sport that psychologically people feel that they've got to keep taking their sport to the next level and keep taking their bodies to the next level and that ends
1: up leading them down the path. May, of, maybe of in Victoria chances. and with uh, with the AFL, I, I don't know about nationally.
2: We well, uh, I, I th- just had an Olympics, yeah. and and every yeah. Olympics, the, there's the expectation that a million world records will be broken. I mean, yeah. it's just not. And if we don't break physic- world records, the Olympics a failure. failure yeah. yeah, it's like that's not realistic. <laughs> you know what, what happened to it just being about. You know, eight guys running hundred meters, and the winner is the champion. Why does it have to always be? He won gold and broke the world record, and yeah. you can't, you can't have that performance expectation every time without an athlete going, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> you know, uh, particularly if they're seeing it already within. You talk about the Tour de France. I mean. You know, Lance Armstrong's argument was that everyone was doing it and I was just ma- making a level playing field for myself. I
1: mean. And that would be true of many sports. That would be true. I, I, I can understand then that. Then to, that probably is true of the of Tour de France.
2: Yeah.
0: But that's the argument in bodybuilding, though. Yeah. That, oh, you know, if you're in, in an untested organisation, well, people are taking all sorts of things and we just have to take them as well because otherwise it's not a level playing field. Costs a lot of money. That's to drug test people as well. But oh yeah, you like don't, yeah. You, it, it the I mean the basic Asada tox screen is like eight hundred bucks, yeah. and that's the you know the yeah. of, and the, the, the good ones get a 1, thousand to twelve hundred or more.
2: Yeah,
0: I think if you've got to test every yeah. single person that competes, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money that you're effectively wasting. And yeah. for Asada, like my <clears> my <throat> boss at work, he was a lawyer for Asada, um, and he also worked for the English equivalent of Asada, and did a lot of stuff with Wider, and he, his philosophy on it is, um, anytime Asada gets involved in bodybuilding, it's basically shooting fish in a barrel, and it's, yeah. uh, I'm not gonna mention his name, I don't wanna get, him, get him in trouble, but it's basically shooting fish in a barrel, and they're just taking money for nothing, because yeah. you're holding bodybuilding to a standard, as, as though it's a professional sport, like uh, AFL is, and, and you look at the money that's in AFL and the money that's in bodybuilding, and mm. it's, there's no comparison We need Australia anyway, right? there's just no yeah. comparison whatsoever that, that the amount of media revenue and the sponsorship revenue that's driven through the AFL yeah. that justifies you know, whatever they want to do with, with bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. you know people are doing it for fun it's their lifestyle choice it's not yeah. the be- all and end-all for, for most people it's not the be- all and end- all of life and it's certainly not. A sport in the traditional sense for them mm. so why hold them to the same
1: yeah same. And, and the rules are constantly shifting as well what's on the banned list you know a natural federation might say oh we're we're beholden to or we're going to abide by all the Asada rules and then all of a sudden they've added something to it that's in every yeah. supplement that everyone's taking you know? and then you've got all these athletes that are competitors that are well. banned for two years Without knowing it. And sure, it's up to the individual to, to know what's banned, mm. but you know, you, you, you sort of feel sorry for some the, of these people. I may be
0: wrong about this, but I'm fairly certain that certain levels of caffeine are actually, you, your blood work can't show above a certain amount of caffeine. That's very interesting. Or something yeah, that's like true, that. Yeah. And I'm like, as I, I went to an, in, an integrity in sport conference a while ago, and they were talking about the use of caffeine in sport. Mm. I thought, well, uh, you know, they, were tr- they were talking about the dangers <laughs> of kids taking caffeine tablets. I'm like, yeah, but a kid can drink a Red Bull before a game and they're going to get amped up so yeah. much that they'll probably perform better. Mm. Um, is it unhealthy for them? Yeah, okay, it probably is. Are they going to have a heart attack and <coughs> die? Maybe, maybe not. Depends. What, <laughs> it depends what their, <laughs> well, their physiology is like. But
2: um, but that is the, that know, is. I guess that is the reason why certain sports need to be their image is so much more important is because there are, you know, under six footy teams that are looking after to these guys and they do have massive ticket sales on the line, you know, as, as a parent, you know, as well as a sports fan, you know, am I going to want to take a kid to an event that that um, is, you know, known to be full of mm-hmm. performance enhancing drugs? You know, do I want my kid to have the ambition to be a Tour de France winner if he's going to have to, take take EPO just yeah. to have a chance you know those things matter to sports governing bodies they yeah. know that and sponsorship dollars are so important around all those issues too but um, uh, over,
0: overcoming the the issues of drugs in sport um, what do you think bodybuilding across the board really lacks in a media sense is it
2: well, I think I think that the, the time right now for bodybuilding is 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 different to it as it ever has been because you asked whether, you know, what, what's stopping the mainstream media from, from you know, covering bodybuilding or being involved in bodybuilding. Well, the mainstream media's influence is, is, is dying, you know, and, and bodybuilding now with digital technology and with digital media <coughs> has, has an opportunity now like it ever has before to reach its, its audience and its market and it can grow an audience and can grow fans through being more um, proactive in the digital space, with you know, and you're seeing it with live streams, and you're seeing with, we're not we're know. not relying on we're not relying on Peter Hitchen to give us our, <coughs> exactly. our news every night. and exactly. every, Yeah, we trust everything that the, not, news, re, the news yeah. reader says. We're not relying on it being on the on the page of the Herald Sun or you know the Sydney the you know the Daily Telegraph or whatever. It, it's um <coughs> it, it can have. Bodybuilding as a sport can, can build its own followers <coughs> and Daniel's dying <laughs> over here. <laughs> <laughs> Do, some water?
1: Do some water? I would. I had a, a Vicks wrapper drops in the car. <coughs>
0: you, you're overcoming. Oh yeah, you, you, were, can, sick. you were sick yeah, recently. I've been sick for two weeks.
1: Jeez. <coughs> you can edit this out. That's no, alright. I, I, I,
0: I, I'm very lazy. I'm not like you guys. I don't like to edit this things. Is, this is going in. <laughs> this is going it's in. Fantastic. Uh, un,
2: un- unabridged. Um, yeah, so um, I think Bodybuilding has to keep being proactive in the digital media space and it has to keep, um, you know, I guess doing what mainstream media does for other sports, but, but doing it itself. And, 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 yeah, the powers with the
1: athletes and the federations. Yeah.
0: And I, I know, like, certainly from, from our perspective in, with NABBA and WFF, we, um, well, yeah, I've been driving the social media mm. for the last few years and that's had a, a good payoff. Um, I know, you know we've got our Bendigo show this weekend, and Glenn Getalaro and his AWA team—they've been pumping the hell out of it. Um, and there's a lot of personalised content that they're putting up on on social media. And I know I've had I've had the question quite a few times over the years from competitors. Oh, you know, how can I how can I get sponsored? What do I have to do to get um, you know interest in? Well, yeah, Building my brand on social media, yeah. and I don't pretend to be you know, an aficionado at it, mm. but I can give them some basic advice. Mm. Um, but you guys are doing that now, full time with Hook Media. So, mm. what's what sort of advice would you give to, say, competitors who are trying to build their social media presence? What sort of content should they be putting online, and what's of most interest to potential sponsors? Like you have strengths in your GenTex and. <coughs>
2: now I've started um, <laughs> well I think for, for potential sponsors uh, it's a few things numbers first of all you know yeah. uh, obviously and that that's that, that's difficult to, to build but you know how many followers do you have mm. um, how much engagement are you getting but then secondly um, how am I going to represent a, 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 the brand how am I going to represent a sponsor You know, it's mm. so easy to get information out of people Uh, about people online these days um what sort of content are you promoting is it positive um does it does it educate people is it engaging or are you just sort of teeing off and and um you know posting sort of abusive stuff or really controversial stuff Uh, am i as a sponsor who's sponsoring you am i going to get my brand in trouble by being associated with you as an athlete Mm -hmm. um so so really you know you people follow you as a bodybuilder because they want to learn from you and they want to have a bit of a look in in your world. So I think finding a balance between educating people about the sport and about nutrition and about training and some of the things that you do that might be different to other people, but also, you know, mix that in with just your day-to-day stuff and and, and post-positive stuff. You know, do you volunteer somewhere or do you, you know, how do you help people in the community? Do you do anything that, that looks good. That's going to make you look
1: good. That's then potentially going to make a, a sponsor look good. There's also a big lifestyle element now. People want to know about the lifestyle, like you said, and and if you can give them a bit of a insight into your world. I think of people like Zach Smith, who's you know traveling around and you know has all these friends that are also fitness models or whatever, <clears throat> going to America, training at Muscle Beach, seeing all that kind of stuff on your Instagram feed or your Facebook is. You know, that gets people interested. Mm. And um, I, know, I, mean, I know there's a lot of sponsors that will really only
0: look at you if you've got 50,000 people on Facebook liking you and mm-hmm. 20,000 on Instagram or whatever. They, are. they they want to pick up established people with an established following. Mm-hmm. And other other supplement companies and, and other groups like I know Cyborg's probably a good example. Um, they've picked up a lot of people in their first or second year of competing and they're happy to to support those people on the journey to becoming yeah. you know bigger as they go along and, and hopefully that pays off for them mm. five or ten years down the track and they've got yeah. people who are who have been with them for ten years still with them mm. um, even after they they get their higher level
2: of fame and whatnot yeah yeah um, I think that's yeah they, that, that's great yeah. that they do that you know and and I mean that's an art in itself, is is yeah, spotting, spotting right talent and 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 but I think I think people that do have the fifty and hundred thousand followers, that they're a lot more savvy about the value of that 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 has a huge amount of value and um so for a I guess a a, a young brand or a, or a brand that may not have as much of a marketing budget, um, there are opportunities for people that are just getting started to to pick up a sponsor like that. Um, and, and I think people are starting to get a bit more savvy about, you know, it's not just about how many page likes you have, but how many, you know, what sort of engagement are you getting on your, on your content that you're posting? Are people sharing it? Yeah. Are people liking that stuff? Because that, that has more value. You know, if you've got a hundred thousand likes on your Facebook page, but you get three likes every time you post, well, well then that, yeah, if you're paying for likes, that's right. Yeah. The, uh, the people liking your
0: page are all coming from the That's subcontinent. Right. Then, um, <laughs> to put it nicely, genuine then, likes and genuine reach. Yeah, yeah, and that that seems to be a lot more now. That you know, I've seen some. There's at least one other bodybuilding organisation in Australia that um, I think outwayed know, Napa. Page that has about twelve and a half thousand likes. I think at the moment, there was another bodybuilding organisation that had around the fifteen or twenty thousand mark. Not too long ago, like in the last couple of months, had. They've recently gone over fifty-five thousand, mm. and I look at that and I go, okay. I, and when I go down and I actually scroll through their their posts, there's yeah one or two people liking them. I'm thinking, mm. yeah, okay. I, I can't see these fifty-five thousand people as being genuine yeah. likes, mm. only because I also know where that bodybuilding organisation sits in the continuum of mm. different mm. federations <laughs> in Australia, and I'm like, yeah. they're, they're nowhere near the most uh, the most powerful one. They're mm. not getting. 500 competitors to a contest so yeah I mean, I guess it
2: yeah yeah well and that's 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 what that, sort of damages the brand in my opinion 100% anyway. and and athletes need to be savvy with that and so do so do sponsors so you can't just you know um as a supplement brand or or whoever yeah, yeah you can't just see you yeah. know 100,000 page likes and just assume that that's that 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 your brand is then going to reach a hundred thousand people. There's a lot more to it, and even if they are genuine fans, even if they are, um, you, you do see examples of people that do have a lot of likes, but they're just not promoting. They're not just. They're not sharing anything interesting, and so yeah. um, the engagement levels is not there. So um, I, I do think it always comes down to the content, and people have to be patient with it and build it slowly and be prepared to put in the hard yards long term. And 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 like, you know. Um, a sort of a business mentor of mine said you know even if something is reaching 500 people if it's 500 of the right people yep. you know that that could be 500 cold calls or 500 calls business calls that lead to sales so you've also With got to know what 500 what, of the right people is better than ten thousand of the wrong people.
1: that's yeah. well right. and that's what bodybuilding is kind of based on it's a niche community but they're an engaged community in there yeah. <coughs> they're really into it if they totally, if yeah. they read the magazines they might they, they might compete yeah. they they might um, I, I see the people who like who like the stuff on our
0: Facebook page and or the the
1: mm.
0: twenty on Facebook pages that I'm managing <laughs> and um, just adding more to it. Um, That's fun, and um, I see all yeah I see all the people liking that stuff, and it's often it's not always the same people, but you you'll see the same groups of people liking the same yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's obviously that you know, those are the most engaged people that we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what's What's the main point of difference that? I you, mean, obviously, you guys with with Hook, you're creating the content yeah. for companies. I don't, you don't work with any individual athletes, do
1: you? No, not as yet. No. no. Is no that
0: something that you're interested in, or is it sort of a bit difficult? Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I think,
2: guess I think there's there's a, there's a few ways that we can we can help is is, is consulting and put, g- putting people in the right direction, um, and or having a much more hands-on role with creating content for them, and yeah. and um, so. Um, yeah, there's there's different different ways that, that we can certainly help out, um, and there's there's a huge opportunity, you know, for people out there to to uh, once they know what how they want to benefit from social media, because people get so hell bent on just getting the followers and getting the likes, you know, you have to know then what you want to transfer that into, whether it is a sponsorship or whether it's more PT clients or mm-hmm. whether it's you know whatever, um, that that's a big part of it too. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's give a plug to <laughs> Hook Media. How can people get <coughs> in touch with you guys? Uh, head to our website hookmedia.com.au, dot or um, there's, there's email details there, or, or hit us up for on, us on Facebook, some, Facebook. Yeah, look yeah. for us on Facebook. Um, is, it at, is it Hook
0: Media Facebook slash Hook
2: or Media or AUS? AUS. And um, yeah, drop us a drop us a message. Um, you guys on Instagram. Uh, we are on Instagram. We do a lot more work with, with Facebook at the moment, but we're on Twitter as well, um, LinkedIn as well. So, um, yeah, reach out to us. But but I guess the, the, the key message for me is yes, yeah, don't get so hell bent on having strategies about how you you know how you, you engage with people on on Instagram in terms of liking and sharing. You know, think about your content. Think about the messages you're putting out there. Um, and the rewards will will come back to you we've, we've seen it you know with the, the clients that we work with Gentech and, and hammer strength especially um, you know Nick Jones is is um, just a you know he's, he's a great personality in, in in bodybuilding and and the stuff that he wants us to create isn't just promotional stuff for his products it's he wants to educate people he wants people to he wants people to fall in love with this industry like you know like oh, people, we have.
0: Pe- uh, Nick Nick's one of those personalities that uh he's got the gift of the gab and he i don't know if you've ever seen him at, a, at an expo he's just he, people just gravitate towards yeah. him he's got his that enthusiasm sort of, is contagious yeah but, but it's like, genuine though it's,
2: it's not yeah. you can tell it's not forced you can tell he loves it you can tell he's he, he takes person. an interest in
0: what other people are doing and yeah. I, every time i've seen him and i've known him for since i was a little kid but every time i see him he's just got that really warm
2: yeah loving yeah.
0: You know, personality around him, and and, and it, yeah, it, it resonates with everyone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When you're talking to him, or mm. and I'm sure you guys have probably got the same feeling, <laughs> feeling yeah. working with him. And you see the benefits of Sydney, that on,
2: on social media. You know, don't think that what just the behaviours you're, you're exhibiting in social media is all you need to worry about, because yeah. when you're out in the world meeting people as well, that yeah. it all has an impact. So just you know, be yourself and and let people know about what you're passionate about.
0: I guess the number one thing then is don't be an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well,
1: that's <laughs> a good that's a good rule for life in general, yeah. especially in bodybuilding though. Yeah, there
0: are a lot of people in bodybuilding who uh, do not follow that. Well, yeah, don't follow that. They just think that oh, I'm just going to be opinionated yeah. and and <laughs> as much of a dick as possible, and I don't really care what other people think. And eventually, those people are the ones that become they're either the has-beens or the, the never wases that think they were and. Mm. It's a bit sad when people with a lot of potential go down that path. Um, one final question. Uh, Vance Ang. Now, you, I don't know who... who Did you know Vance first?
2: Yes, yeah, so Vance. Well, so, Vance was already writing for Iron Man when I started. So he he was doing... How old is Vance then? I, I, he's told
0: me a couple of times. He's, he's ageless. He's, <laughs> he's,
2: he's 75 years old. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, he's like a he's like a creature from, from Middle Earth. It's just one hundred and fifty, but looks t- you know twenty five. Um, um, so he was he, already writing for Iron he Man. He was already writing. So he was when I took over as editor of Iron Man. He was um, doing features. So he was doing uh, profiles. He was doing feature profiles. Um, but um, he just just knowing that he was out and about in the industry, you know, going to shows and doing that sort of thing. I I brought him into. The new section and and created the the Vance angle uh, <laughs> and and gave yeah, him really gave, going behind the curtain. G- yeah, <laughs> g- gave yeah gave him uh, an even bigger soapbox to to stand on. and, and no, I, I don't, and don't know stand. if you've, if you've ever been out with
0: Vance, but he he we've been out with yeah. Vance. He, he has a tendency to. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like get into fights, but almost get into fights. <laughs> he, he seems very good at it. Yeah. I mean, he's he, not. He's not a big guy. Well, since that? I
1: convinced him to go on so, uh, to get onto uh, Facebook in the last sort of eighteen months, yeah, a lot of his uh, <laughs> status updates are about him almost challenging a, a, a guy in the gym to a savat.
0: Well, he he did a, that here though. That's yeah. the thing. So, but I don't know I mean, well, I'm probably massacring this story. But he said one one night he was walking along the street and someone, uh, someone bumped into him and he turned around and again, like Vance is on the, Vance, Dad, how tall would Vance be, five foot? Yeah, so he's not. <laughs> Give him more than that. Okay, yeah, well he's maybe, feet. okay, maybe he's five two. He's about five two and he's not a, a big guy, but yeah, this tall bloke bumped into him and um, Vance turned around and said, oh, watch where you're going or whatever. And the guy turned around and he was he was ready to have a fight and the guy's mate goes, No, 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 he might know martial arts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's capitalised on that. And he yeah, yeah he does. But
0: Correct. I mean if anyone knows Vance, he's he's not very mar he's uh, not very martial arty I don't think he's... Well, but I
2: reckon, already. I reckon he's seen enough kung fu movies to at least uh, dr- draw from that knowledge. I'll have to. Uh, i have, have to get him on the show and ask him. He but, would definitely <laughs> be, be someone to get on the show. He would definitely, be. yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's a he's a mover <clears> and a shaker. I have There's to put the no disclaimer around. out there beforehand,
0: though. Anything that he says, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, not responsible for. All right. Well, look, thanks guys for for being on the show and. Um, yeah, well, If anyone wants to get in touch with you, hookmedia.com.au and Facebook at Hookmedia. And yeah, we'll just take it from there.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us.
0: Thank you. So that was uh, Davin and Daniel. These guys have had so much experience in, in the industry. Um, they've got so much knowledge and experience. And I, I, I highly recommend whether you're trying to promote a brand or just a message or even yourself, hit these guys up at hookmedia they've done a lot of great work with with companies like Hammer Strength and GenTech um, and they've just got they've got the knowledge and experience in the health and fitness industry to be able to develop a brand from a fledgling idea right through to a national or an internationally recognised standard so yeah i, I yeah I, I couldn't sing their praises highly enough all right guys well look that's pretty much it from me this week have a very safe and happy week uh, tune in next time. We'll have another great guest. We've got some uh, very interesting guests coming up over the next few weeks. And as I've said in, in previous episodes, we'll be heading overseas in uh, October and November. Going to chat to some people from the US and from the UK and probably from around Europe as well. So that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. And I'll have those episodes up a little bit later in the year. But um, yeah, like I said, if if you want to get in touch with me, jump onto Facebook, hit me up at the Facebook page, you can message me on my Facebook page and uh, let's get the conversation going. So this is Bodybuilding.